Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, carry on. I'm sorry. I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore your passive aggressive comment. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. If there's any skill that I have, throwing passive-aggressive shade is one of them. It's like your top skill, too. It really is. Hey there, beautiful. Hey, baby, baby. How goes it? It goes. How goes it for you? It goes. It goes. Happy May. Welcome to May, my most favoritest month. Woohoo! Shout out to Gemini season. We're here for you, bitches. I don't even know, like, the zodiacs or... Okay, I know I'm a cancer. That's as much as I've got. (laughs) And you're my favorite cancer. You're actually the only cancer I like. True and fun fact. Gemini is, like... May 21st through June 30th or some shit. Nick and Moose are also also both cancers. Oh, I know. And I forgot that they're cancers because I literally never talk about their signs with them. So I did forget that and fuck my life because your birthdays are all on top of each other. Okay. You guys are my favorite cluster of cancers. Fun and true fact. The only cancers I tolerate and enjoy and love wholeheartedly that's a lie that's a lie i think bess is a cancer okay i take it back i love cancers (laughs) i mean i was supposed to be born in october so i don't even know what i was supposed to be i honestly could foresee you being a libra to be perfectly honest with you Allie girl you are such a libra and yet you're not and i don't like it it's so conflicting (laughs) that's what makes me so unique It is true. Okay, well, so welcome to May, my month. We're calling it that. Can we call it that? Can we call it my month? Because it's my We can call it that. And jumping (laughs) off of that, we have a ton to talk about for this month. But before we dive into why it's your month, I would like to shout out our new Patreon, whose name I'm going to butcher. So I apologize ahead of time. We're really sorry. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining the crew, and once again, so sorry if I butchered your name. We love you, though. We really do, and we are so grateful for you and your support, so thank you so much for showing up and taking a shot with us. And if you haven't received something in the mail yet, by the time this airs, you will be. If not, maybe just contact us and let us know. Now on to why May is your month, dear listeners. May is my month because I was born in this month. Bum, bada, bum. So besides being blessed with my presence, I'm so just fucking kidding. But really, 
This month is super important because we are going to be starting a brand new series. Peep our fantastic series logo from Miss Melissa. Shout out to our girl. I fucking love you and you're amazing. And I just, ugh, I just want to kiss your face off. It's not even funny. But this month we will be celebrating women in the sense of motherhood and whatever that means to them. Whether they choose to participate in motherhood or choose to not participate in motherhood. I really think that the whole spectrum should be covered because that is not talked about enough. So welcome to May and welcome to our brand new series titled Girls Just Want to Have Fun. My inner Cindy Lapper just kicked into gear. Girls just want to have fun. I don't actually have an inner Cindy Lapper, but... I sort of did it. If I did... You'd be a beautiful Cindy Lauper, baby. Also, dear listeners, because it is Celeste's birthday month, we are running a giveaway this month to celebrate. Whoop, whoop. You're welcome. So what we're going to do for the giveaway is download three of our episodes, show us that you downloaded them by screenshotting it and sending us a screenshot, and you'll be entered to win our care package drawing something prize there we go celeste save me (laughs) all right so it is true for my birthday month we are doing our giveaway like ali said we're doing a download thing rewind 10 seconds but i just wanted to recap because (laughs) everything you did was amazing (laughs) but also in the event that you are the random winner of our download contest We will be sending you a special care package, which includes some taboos things. And also we will be sending one lucky winner our own little sample pack of some of our favorite brews. So in the event you don't drink alcohol, totally cool. We got you covered. We're going to send you some Door County coffee or some cheese curds or whatever the fuck else we can come up with. That is like a real Wisconsin delicacy. We're going to get that to you. But If you do like beer, I definitely recommend this contest because ask our girl Kayla. She knows that we pick out some fantastic fucking beverages. So we want to do that for you guys with this contest. All I could think of in the other potential care package, if non-brews are chosen, is multiple DUIs as part of a Wisconsin care (laughs) package. I mean, but we can't send that to someone else. But it's so Wisconsin. It is so Wisconsin. You are right. So what are we talking about today, Allie girl? Well, kicking off the theme for this month on the girls just want to have fun, we're going to talk about being child-free by choice. Ooh. You know what? I never wanted to be child-free by choice. Now that I'm like an adult and I would not give up tiny for anything in the whole world, sometimes I wish I would have had that conversation with myself. What, being child-free? Yeah, at least for a little bit. I mean, I had her when I was 20, 21. I should have been child-free at some point in my life. Oh yeah, I get what you mean. I was someone who thought they were going to be child-free by choice. Yeah, for forever. Forever. Forever, ever, and ever, ever, forever, ever. Shout out to Black Eyed Peas. Uh, shout out to Andre 3000. Outcast. I don't know why I said Black Eyed Peas. Okay, but also, can we acknowledge that I'm so glad for you and Nick and I and our family specifically, and only for us specifically, 
I am so glad that you decided to not be child-free forever, ever, and ever, ever, because Moose is my number one main squeeze, and I am obsessed with him. So I'm team Moose. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I wouldn't change anything for anything, and I'm super glad that that course in my life changed 100%. But that might not be true for everyone, and I think that that's an important thing for us to call out right away. Exactly. Before we dive into it, though... What are you drinking today? I am drinking a really fucking delicious beer. I was super skeptical of this thing. It's called Johnny Hammer Sticks. Check out the can. It's fucking, I don't even know what's happening. I really don't, I don't know what's happening on this, but it's all kinds of things. Wow. And then there's like these frog princes on here. And they're okay, like, one of them's like, dude is clearly on something. I know they're like cross-eyed and shit, but I don't know where they come from on the can. I don't understand the can at all. It's from Aslan Beer Company. It's a double India pale ale. And oh, I lied. I think actually it's a pair up as I'm reading this now, because the other brewing company that's on this can is called Tripping Animals Brewing. So I think that the two breweries came together and made Johnny Hammer Sticks. And it really is fucking delicious. Like, I love this beer. And I was super skeptical of it because I was like, these these frogs look fucked up and janky. This can't be a good beer. But it's fucking delicious. I would I would really actually drink this. What are you drinking over there, my darling? I was not in the mood for an alcoholic beverage tonight, so I'm drinking a good old Jolly Good root beer. I love that. I think Jolly Good root beer is one of the better root beers, too, to be perfectly honest. I agree. I love root beer, but Jolly Good has something going for it, especially. I agree. I also like A&W. They're a close second for me, but Jolly Good's my... That's where it's at. That's where... That's like my childhood right there. I... Can't say if that's the same for me, but anyways. That's because we grew up in different childhood areas. <laughs> different times of childhood. <laughs> so let's kick this off with some history. Let's history, sis. See what I did there? See how I did it? It's not as good, but I did do it. I did see that. <laughs> this part is from the WashingtonPost.com. Childlessness in one form or another isn't necessarily a new idea. As early as the 1500s, women within northwestern Europe began to postpone their marriage to their mid-20s as opposed to their early teens when they first became biologically capable of motherhood. They would do this so that instead of marrying young and having to hitch up with their in-laws' households, they could set up their own household via a dowry, which of course would take time to accumulate. This made childlessness more common as it would postpone marriage and along with cultural and biological constraints could shape fertility outcomes. In pre-revolutionary French cities, 15 to 22 percent of the adult population remained single and probably without children. Oh my god, that's like so much of the population at that time too. Yeah, I thought that was a crazy amount. This new regard to both marriage and motherhood allowed women more flexibility and independence to support themselves in a variety of jobs such as domestic servants, traders, seamstresses, and moneylenders. Ooh, woman money lenders at that time is really an interesting concept. Yeah, and it was kind of uh, kind of racy from what I read. Ooh, sex work is work. Well, not racy in that manner, just like ballsy for them to be in that line of work. Okay, fine. Shout out to the OG bad bitches who ran some shit. Proud of you. <laughs> so, of course, though, over here in the American colonies, it was a different matter entirely. Obviously. 
European settlers were really focused on the be fruitful and multiply bit of the Bible, especially as they needed children to labor in the fields. <laughs> be fruitful. I just love the way you said it. It's so passive aggressive. <laughs> I was really annoyed at that. I could tell, baby. I could tell. So Franklin, of course, was a huge proponent of this with his nod to population increase through early marriage via observations concerning the increase of mankind and the peopling of countries in 1755. Basically, women were around to labor and labor. Labor squared. Yep. In the 1800s, though, the rates of singleness among white women in the U.S. began to match those in Western Europe as more women believed that there was more to life than just being a wife and mother. By the late 1800s, the concept of marriage and childbearing was becoming less and less synonymous. Once birth control, such as sponges and, this word I'm going to butcher, passeries, became a bit more mainstream, are you okay? <laughs> Why are we talking about sponges? No, I'm not. Why are we talking about sponges in relation to birth control? What are you saying to me? It was old school birth control. Shut your mouth. What? What? Yeah. What? You put a yes. sponge in your fuffala and that was birth control? It's not quite like what you're thinking, but yeah, close-ish. Oh my god, I really didn't know that. Oh my god, I'm really disturbed and really nauseous and didn't know that. And I was so caught off guard and now... I really just took a second to think about a sponge in my vagina, and I hate it. I hate all of it. Please keep me talking about anything else. So once birth control methods that scare Celeste became a bit more mainstream... Once we made it impossible for Celeste to exist with these other women... A lot of couples saw it as a means to focus on work and philanthropy and avoid the mortality rate of childbirth. They still kept very hush-hush about using it, though, to avoid social stigmas. And to acknowledge that there was a sponge in their pussy! I wouldn't want to admit that shit. I don't care who I'm talking to. I'm not even telling you that, Allie. And I tell you everything, and you know that. You know I tell you some uncomfortable shit. And I'm not even telling you that I put a fucking sponge up there so I don't get pregnant. I'm not saying those words to you. I'm really feeling like you're imagining a Dawn. A, like a Dawn dish sponge. I don't, I don't like it. Dawn I don't mixed <laughs> Because sure that Dawn would imply that make it dish sponges. Because that would imply that the soap is part of it. So no, I don't want that. I just stop. I just don't want it anymore. I don't like it at all. So due to women rejecting marriage or motherhood by the 1900s, childlessness rates had reached their peak. Quote: At least one in five American women born between 1885 and 1915 never had children. Wow. Yeah. Those are surprising statistics. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And then World War II and the baby boom happened. Sup, boomers? So because of World War II and the Cold War, there was a feeling of family as uh, like solace and comfort. And the government actually encouraged family growth with various government programs and such. So there was an explosion. This resulted in the lowest levels of childlessness on record. It dropped it to only 10% in 1935. So literally, it did a complete 180. In a matter of 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Oh my god. 
By the 1970s, however, everything was back on track for a more child-free mindset due to more reliable birth control, open discussions about sexuality, and a women's claim to autonomy of their bodies. Thank God we got rid of sponges, and thank fucking God that we got autonomy. A lot of women reiterated the same argument as their predecessors, that there was more to life than kids. Although I love our children, I do agree. There is more to life than kids for some people. I agree in any form. You're not your child. Like, you're more than just your child. Oh yeah, without question. But I really recognize some people, their children are their purpose, right? Like, shout out to Holly in our infertility episode. Holly truly was made and put on this planet to be a mom. And she's an incredible fucking mom. I would argue that I was meant to be Tiny's mom. I mean, I really would. I know that, actually. Like, in my core, I know that to be true. And yet, I do recognize that there are just a lot of facets of life as a 28-year-old woman that would be a lot easier and also could fulfill a different purpose for me that Tiny might not fulfill for me. So I really think, I mean, it just comes down to what's best for you as a person. Yep, I agree. Quote, in a 1974 episode of the television program All in the Family, which reached 40 million viewers, Gloria argued, Ma, I believe a woman is meant to be a person first and then maybe a mother. I don't need to give birth to a baby to make me feel useful. End quote. I love that quote. And regardless of if you are on the path to have children or not on the path to have children, I truly believe that that quote is applicable to everyone. That quote is applicable to all women. Agreed. So here are some statistics. These are from todateforlove.com. To date for love? Yeah, to date for love. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to them. It's not bustle, so I'm sad. So, okay, something to keep in mind with these statistics. These are supposed to be for voluntary childlessness, but I'm not sure if they are 100% for voluntary childlessness, so kind of keep that in the back of your mind. This might just apply to childlessness. Are you saying that could include infertility numbers? Yep. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Yep. So this is within America. Childless couple statistics show that childlessness in the United States ranges from 10% to around 20% between the mid-70s and mid-thousands. So, for instance, statistics for the United States revealed that since 2011, the number of infants born in New York has declined by 9% and 15% in Manhattan. This means that it is highly likely that the infant population in Manhattan will have in around 30 years. Whoa. Yeah. A survey from 2018 revealed that 33.6% of American women are childless. That's one in three women. Mm -hmm. So even though the percent of childlessness is highest among the women between the ages of 15 and 19, which, dear God, I hope so. Jesus Christ, I hope so. So they continue to say that they believe that the percentage of childless women between the ages of 30 to 34 and 45 to 50 is more relevant of which the latter shows 15%. Furthermore, 20% of women between the ages of 35 to 39 are childless. The fertility rate in the United States was the lowest in 2017, with 60.3 births per 1,000 women between the ages of 15 to 44 based on stats about accepting a childless life. 
I thought that was pretty crazy. 60.3 per every thousand. That is really concerning. Uh, Not necessarily in this topic as relation to choosing to be childless. That is not concerning to me. But fertility rates as a whole have been dropping for a couple of reasons. And it honestly should be concerning to people as a whole, I think. A poll of almost 2,000 Americans revealed that the percentage of childless adults who did not want kids because they wanted more free time is 36%. So this is something we'll get into a little bit more later as well, but there were also a few other things revealed in that poll. For instance, saying that between the ages of 20 to 45, 34% of them claimed they didn't have a partner to raise a child with, and 31% of them claimed they couldn't afford proper childcare, so they couldn't afford a child, literally, which we'll dive into. I can't wait to dive into all of it because honestly, those are super valid reasons to not have a child. And I think that there are people out there who are so dead set. And I can say this because I was one of them. I can can say this because I was one of them. There are people out there who are so fucking dead set on having a baby because of whatever reason they have for wanting a baby. And sometimes those people don't take into consideration how expensive and needy and time-consuming babies can be. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, people need to take a little litmus test and a little assessment of really those things. And I think that that's part of this concept that isn't talked about enough. I know for a fact nobody asked me ever, like, how are you going to pay for daycare? That wasn't something I had to worry about at 20. It was something I had to worry about at 20. But nobody asked it that way. All I knew was I was going to have a baby and that's what I wanted. I think that there's just so much more to consider that we don't talk about as a society when it comes to talking about having kids. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I can't wait for us to do that. Let's do it. A staggering 57% of American households are child-free. Whoa, that is significantly higher than I would have assumed it to be, like being completely honest. I didn't think it would be higher than half. Yeah, same. I had no idea. And that's why they stated these statistics were based on voluntary child freeness, but that's a really high number. That's a really, really high number. Maybe it is just based on voluntary. I mean, it's that stigmatized. Maybe people really aren't talking about it. I mean, it is stigmatized, right? How many times have you ever been asked when you're having kids, when you're having more kids, when you're going to die? Yep. Like, it's just that's those are just the questions as women that we get asked. Mm -hmm. So really, maybe that's a really real number and it's just not talked about because those are the women that you can't say, when are you having a baby? Like they've already determined they're not. So we just don't talk about them. Like maybe that's a real thing that our society is doing. So voluntary childlessness statistics reveal that 22% of childless women have a master's degree. According to the Pew Research Center, 20% of women with an MD or PhD are kid-free, while 19% with a bachelor's degree only do not have children. I thought that was super interesting that 22% of child-free women have a master's degree or some form of higher education. I do think that's fantastic. And shout out to those women. That's a lot of fucking hard work. And I applaud all of you. I really do. Something that stands out in my head as you read those statistics is actually my mother. And my mom used to say this thing to me prior to having Tiny. And it was, kids complicate everything. 
And she used to say that to me as a kid, which was nothing but love, right? It wasn't a bad thing. It had nothing to do with me. It is just true though. Kids complicate things. Kids make things harder. It doesn't mean that they're not worth it without question. You've already heard me say I wouldn't trade tiny for anything. But really sometimes when it comes to like my schoolwork, school is infinitely harder specifically with tiny because I have to find a sitter. What if I don't have a sitter? She has to come to school with me. What if my professors don't want a seven-year-old watching Bob's Burgers in their class? There's just so many facets that come into play. And then also daycare is expensive. College is expensive. Everything's expensive. Like I really just recognize the validity of my mom's advice in children complicate things. Again, that doesn't mean that they're not worth it. It just means complicated. So sometimes it's worth figuring out your life before you add a kid to it. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. And to your point too, it doesn't mean that you can't figure it out when you have a child. Like you said, it just adds it to the difficult level. Yeah, it just moves it from the something I could typically accomplish to something I could typically accomplish, but more complicated. She's not standing in my way of doing anything, and I wouldn't get rid of her or change her or wish her away on anything. I literally mean that. I mean that with everything I have. And yet I do recognize that sometimes I wish that I could just like pause being a mom and go to class or go out because it's a Friday night and I haven't been out in seven months or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely. 17% of Caucasian women are childless by choice. So according to the Pew Research Center on ethnic and racial differences in childlessness in women between the ages of 40 to 44, 17% of Caucasian women are child-free by choice. of black women are, and 13% of Asian women are child-free. Furthermore, only 10% of Hispanic women between the ages of 40 to 44 report not having any children of their own. So Hispanic women are fueling the country for replenishing our children. I was just going to say, I wonder if that's a cultural thing. I wonder if there's a lot of cultural aspect here, especially as we look at the race level of child free by choice. I'm just curious if there are cultural stigmas that play into that decision for people as well. I definitely think that there are. I would agree with you, especially hearing those statistics. So here are some global statistics. Voluntary childlessness is not rising in America only, but all over the world as well. While the reasons are more or less the same, there have been some surprising discoveries. 32% of women born in Hamburg, Germany, reached their 40s without any children. 32%? Whoa. That's a lot of women. I don't even know the population of Hamburg, Germany, but I do know that 32% of any population of women is a lot of women. Childless couple statistics in the UK reveal that 20% of British women in their 40s are child-free. In Britain, about 90% of people belonging to the LGBTQ community do not have kids. The childlessness rates among women in their 40s are the highest in Spain, with 2.16%, and the lowest in Turkey, with 4.5%. Hmm. According to childless couple statistics in Australia, the rates of childless couples has increased from 28% to 37.8% in 2011. Whoa. In 10 years to grow 10%, that's that's just a lot. Oh my God, I'm really blown away by these statistics. 
Childless couple statistics for Canada revealed that 15.2% of women over the age of 45 are childless. Wow. Part of me kind of wonders if it's smaller in Canada because they have better health care and like maybe child care or something. I don't know. I don't know what child care is like in Canada for costs. Not only that, Canada offers like a year's worth of maternity leave. Yeah. I'm just going to time out from all the things for one second. And I just want to like inject this thought that I'm having. I think about if I were a 28 year old woman, sans tiny. Okay. Just for one second, we're in like a parallel universe and there's no tiny. I'm at the age where I would typically be thinking, do I want a child or not? Right. Had I not had a child already, I would be kind of in that neighborhood of just starting to entertain the idea. I really recognize that that is like where I would be in my life. I can tell you if I know that I'm going to have a five minute maternity leave in the United States, I'm not having a baby. But if I lived in Canada at 28 years old and I knew that I was going to have a year's worth of maternity leave to spend with this child and watch it grow and nourish it and make sure that it was set up for a successful first year of life, that would be a different story. Mm-hmm. Plus, then like all the health care is covered and it's not expensive to have a baby the same way it's expensive to have a baby in the United States. I just recognize that not only are there the cultural influences that we talked about before, but specifically, this is also geographically, this is real. This is a real thing. I would be down 100% to have a child if it meant a year's worth of maternity leave. And that's not because it's a year of free vacation. That's not even what that means to me. That's a year of me spending time with my baby and still having a career to go back to and that's security. Can I tell you that I had a two-week maternity leave and I worked the weekend in between the two weeks? Yeah, that's crazy. Welcome to America. And I think that's one important call out is here in the States, you can't really put your career on pause. Mm-mm. That's not a thing. It's called unemployment. So this next statistic section just made me laugh. So I had to throw it in here. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Child free vacation statistics. <laughs> we should go on one of those, though. Can we really acknowledge that? Yes. So I was like, wait, what? What is this? Why are there statistics about this? Because <laughs> people like statistics, Allie. What do you, why are you mad about statistics? Because this was such an obvious thing to me. <laughs> okay, share your research. Also, I disagree with this first point and the other, like, the other percentage on the statistic I'm about to read to you. I disagree with everyone else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> of poll respondents think parents should go on vacation without their kids on special occasions. So the other 46% of you that think kids should be along at all times, we need to talk. (laughs) You want your kid with you on your honeymoon? What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, you probably have a very different mindset than me and that's totally fine. That's all you. But wow. No, I have the same mindset. I don't want, I don't want Tiny on my honeymoon. Oh, no, I'm talking to the other 46%. Oh, yeah. The other 46% of you fucking psychos who think that I'm bringing my children on my honeymoon can get fucked. No, because that's what I'll be busy doing on my honeymoon and my kids don't need to be there. And then uh, this is just for any of you looking for some child-free getaways. (laughs) Uh, Please note, 
if you end up on a nude beach or if there are nude beaches, I did not research any of these. So if you see some things hanging out that you didn't want to <laughs> see, not on me. Here's your warning. Child-free stats revealed that the Post Ranch Inn in California and Hotel Wiley, Wiley in Maui, Hawaii are some of the most popular kid-free vacation getaways. Although I want a kid-free vacation... I can promise you neither of the places that you just said are where we are going on our kid-free vacation. Do you want to know where we're going on our kid-free vacation? I apparently don't get a vote. Do you want to know and then you can vote? If it's only one place, is that a vote? Allie, can you just let me tell you where I'm taking you on our child-free fucking vacation? Can you stop cock-blocking my child-free vacation? Oh, please enlighten me. We're going to Harry Potter World without the kids. Duh. <laughs> no, you cannot come to Wizarding World. <laughs> no, you will not get a wand. I need it. I'm trying to think of the spell that like blasts people to the other side of the room. <laughs> Expelliarm to our children. That just disarms them. I don't know. We're going to learn all the spells when we go to Harry Potter World without our children. <laughs> I can't so here are a few random fun facts. Well, not so fun fun facts. Not so not so fun facts. Just kidding. JK, LOL. Allie doesn't know what fun facts look like. Really the opposite of fun. Please forget that term. <laughs> Anti-fun facts. <laughs> Among the baby boomer generation, the rate of people who are aging solo is nearly 20%. Um, and by aging solo means without kids, there's actually a term for it, and they're called solo agers. It's applied to the people who decided to ditch the idea of parenthood for good and are now aging without children. Because they are aging without children, there's going to be a higher demand for family caregivers as they get older. May we time out for one moment on that exact thought? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that this is going to be another episode. I really do. But can we just for one second take like even a half a second to sidebar sidecar on the concept that as a country, we are spending millions upon billions of dollars for adult care facilities. And in about 20 years, they're all going to be completely fucking useless because the baby boomer generation will no longer need them. And we will not have a populace at that time of people who need those complexes. And the complexes themselves are not built like apartments. They are built like assisted living facilities. So we are literally just going to have a fucking collection of new extinct buildings like malls. Okay, but then what is the solution? I don't know. I just was excited to talk about the fact that I foresee it being a problem. I haven't sololutioned yet. Why would I have solutioned that, Allie? I'm not in need of one I yet. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> I just meant that we're going to have a fucking whole lot of property being taken up by old people homes and at some point we're not going to have enough old people to fill them and that makes me sad i'm glad you said it makes you sad because i was like well they still deserve a place to be until they don't <laughs> need them jesus oh i didn't <laughs> i didn't mean it like that <laughs> you're such an asshole Legit thought we were just going right to the empty mall analogy, and I was like, I, uh, okay, but still. 
I meant at some point we won't have enough elderly population to fill them, so we will have empty buildings that are useless is what I meant. That was what, but all of it makes me sad. Okay, move the fuck on. I'm done with this sidebar sidecar because you made it sound like I hate old people and that's not true. <laughs> all of it is sad. I agree. My Grammy and grandpa, shout out. I love you both. So let's move out of that fun little tangent. Yeah, get me out of here. Do stigmas and psychology. Ooh, I love psychology. So this is from today.com and this is mostly a quote, except for this very beginning part, which you can tell I wrote. Okay. This is actually from an article that they did about Amy Blackstone, who is, quote, a sociology professor at the University of Maine and author of the book Child Free by Choice, The Movement Redefining Family and Creating a New Age of Independence. You're going to love and hate this. I'm ready. And by love, I mean hate. Oh, okay. I'm still ready. <laughs> For her book, Blackstone interviewed 70 child-free men and women and surveyed more than 700 about their experiences. She found women still feel the brunt of the stigma. Men sort of get a pat on the back and there's more joking about, aren't you lucky that you dodged this bullet? Blackstone, 47, told today. Whereas for women, it's the, oh, you poor thing. I can't believe you're missing out on the most meaningful experience that a woman can have. You must be so sad and lonely. End quote. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. All that. All this. Keep talking. All this. That's such a real thing, though. That really is. Like, the eligible bachelor, quote unquote, who's like 50 and still fucking 20-year-olds and no kids. That guy gets a huge pat on the back. But if you have an eligible bachelorette who's 50 and fucking boy toys and doing whatever she wants to do and living her best life, you know that there are people who come along who are like, oh, your uterus doesn't work. Oh, you must live a sad life. Like, bitch, no. She's allowed to live whatever fucking life she wants. I just... Mm -hmm. <gasps> okay. Okay, keep talking. I'm 100% on board with all that. <laughs> so because of that, I thought, what other things do they hear? But first off, my question was, why in the world do child-free individuals, woman or man, have to justify their reasons? Almost no one is asked to justify their reason for having kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say about the only time that ever comes into play is when you have multiples, like Holly pointed out in our infertility episode. I recognize Holly's example to be correct. Yep, I do. I also recognize that, you know what? No, I think you're right. I, I think that's the only time I have an example of it because my brain went to the number of times I've been asked, when are you having more children? But nobody's ever said, why did you want to have children? Would you want to have more children? Like nobody's asked me in an actual open-ended question. The question is always very closed-ended. When are you having more children? Well, I'm not right now. Like, that's the answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. your options for answering are just so much more limited with the types of questions that are out there. Your point is incredibly valid. And I wish that that was the way that we asked the question more often on both sides. Are you planning on having more children? Or is there a reason that you're not interested in having children? Yeah, and also... Why are we asking people why are they not having children? We're not asking people why they're having children. That's totally fair. I remember you saying that and then I skipped it because I got caught off guard by my other thought, which was still valid, but not what you said. So I appreciate you for reeling me back in. I love you and I'm so grateful for you and your face. But yeah, weird as fuck. 
weird as fuck. I think also I'm just so thrown off because it has never occurred to me to ask somebody if they're having children or when they're having children. Like that's not a question that I personally ask people. Not because I'm being sensitive to anybody's situation. I'm not. I just don't ask that question. There are other questions that I think are more important in getting to know somebody in in whatever and bumping into somebody at the grocery store because that's when those questions really fucking happen is like randomly. Yeah, agreed. And I've never heard anybody turn to Brenda after she announces that she's having a baby and saying, but why? But before we had Moose, you can bet a million times I was told you'll change your mind or you just wait until you're older. And yes, in our case, that was correct. But how fucking rude. Super rude. And also, you were not of the position of, oh, I should just wait until I'm older or I will revisit this when I'm older. That wasn't the situation that you and Nick experienced when it came to having a baby. That wasn't true for you at the time. And all of those comments and like eyebrow raises and oh, just you wait, finger waves, those were only true because you decided for them to be true. Not because you were like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, coy, someday I'll have a baby. Like that wasn't it. I agree, though. I do think that the question should be left off the table, especially because just in general, it's not the most important thing you could ask somebody. Yeah, definitely. Dear God, what's going on between somebody's legs and what they're using it for is none of your concern. My reproductive organs have nothing to do with you. So unless you're in them, stay the fuck out of them. So comments that people that are child free by choice here. It's selfish not to have kids. Oh, is it? Is it really, Karen? Really? Why don't you mind your seven fucking rugrats then? You're missing out. Oh, really? On what? Diapers? Taxes? Daycare? Food that I cook that nobody eats and then in 10 minutes is hungry again? Wow, I am so triggered by that last one. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I felt it. I felt so much anger about the last one. (laughs) You'll regret it later, and I have a point for this. By you'll regret it later, meaning specifically in terms of if you'd like to be sterilized via tubes tied or vasectomy, going to a doctor and being denied because you are, quote, too young and don't know what you want. Fuck all of that. This concept pisses me off in so many ways on so many levels, and I don't even think it needs another episode because I just want to say this. It does not matter how old someone is. If they tell you that they want to do something with their body and they have given it significant thought and research and they know the pros and cons and they're telling you that they want to do this with their fucking body, as long as they're an adult, do it. And as long as you have parent consent if they're a minor, do it. Unless it's like morally and ethically wrong. But this, getting your tubes tied or getting a vasectomy at 23 years old because you know you never want children is not morally wrong. So this doesn't count. And why that's a fucking question, I never understand. Because the reason that people claim this is morally wrong is because it's against the Bible or whatever fucking other religious concept they want to throw at you, which is fine. That's 
their belief. However, in this country, we are supposed to have the philosophy of separation of church and state. And in the event of separation in church and state, what I do with my reproductive organs have nothing to fucking do with you. So back up. Once again, if I could stand up and clap without hitting all the things, I would. (laughs) I just get so mad about this. I know so many people, men and women, who have come to me and told me stories about wanting their tubes tied because they've had several eptopic pregnancies and them getting pregnant is just very dangerous and very unlikely in a healthy way right so they don't want kids not only because of the health complication but also they just aren't in a position to want children and that's okay but for that woman to be denied the opportunity to have her tubes tied because she's quote-unquote too young or her quote-unquote husband didn't approve fuck that shit fuck all that shit i have a real problem with that yeah same a woman's body is her own no one else should be making those calls Agreed. But it is the same for a man. I just really recognize that there are less pieces of red tape in place to stop men from choosing what to do with their bodies. But really, fuck anyone who tells you what you can or can't do with your body. Another friend comment is that you won't be fulfilled with your life if you don't have kids. Really? Because I'm pretty sure I could start a hobby farm and raise all kinds of animals, and travel whenever I wanted to, and I would sleep in, and there would be all kinds of opportunities for activities that I would have because I would have so much free time because I'm not wiping someone's boogers. I love being a mom, but these (laughs) comments are fucking stupid. They're fucking stupid. What are hobbies? (laughs) See, we don't even know because we have children. I really hate when people are like, what are your hobbies? I'm always like, I don't know. I like spending time with my kid. (laughs) I don't have hobbies. What are you talking about? He basically is my hobby. He is my hobby. (laughs) Does chasing him around while he's riding his bike count? Yes. Excellent. I have a hobby. I play Fortnite because Tiny plays Fortnite. And that's my hobby. (laughs) Okay, but I really do love Fortnite. Small shout out. So one call out too is a lot of people assume that just because someone is in a caregiver or a role where they work with kids that they want their own and they can't they can't connect the dots that that doesn't necessarily mean those dots are connected. So just because somebody is a teacher or a social worker or one of the million other roles that are related to children doesn't mean they want their own child or should have their own children. I specifically am thinking of this one teacher. Shout out to Kel if she's listening. She will know exactly who I'm fucking talking about. I am thinking of this one teacher specifically, and I'm sure she's a great teacher, okay? Like, she's very good with the other children I've seen her interact with. She's a very friendly, in general person. I personally hate her fucking guts, but that's because I've seen her with her own children. But as a teacher, I'm confident she's great. I would honestly not even have an issue if she were Tiny's teacher, okay? That's how much faith I have in this woman as a teacher. But as a parent, I have thought sincerely about calling CPS on this woman more than one time. She's a terrible fucking mother. A terrible fucking mother. And I am not the person who ever passes judgment on other parents and their parenting techniques. But this woman is cruel. She should not be a mother. She should not be. And yet she's a great teacher. So those two are not synonymous under any circumstances. Yeah. And also people that are in roles where they work with kids, 
maybe they're fulfilled in those roles and they don't feel like they need a child right outside of those roles that's legitimate you don't need to add more to that for them there's no hole there you don't need to fill any fake holes i think it's interesting that you said that though because although she does have her own children tiny's previous daycare teacher she recently moved so shout out to miranda we love you we miss you we want you back so bad but miranda would make comments all the time about quote unquote her kids and she meant her whole classroom she had her own children who went home with her every single night but if you asked her she would tell you tiny was one of her kids like she loves the children at daycare that is where she is fulfilled that is her strong point right Mm -hmm. And she gains such a beautiful relationship with the children at the daycare. I'm not saying that Miranda does or does not love being a mom. I'm not saying that at all. I know that she loves her daughters and they're so fucking cute I could die. But I do appreciate what you're saying paired with what I know that she has said in the sense of I believe if you asked Miranda, ignoring the fact that she has children, right? Sort of like we just did that role play of like if we didn't have kids. If you asked Miranda if she didn't have kids, if she was satisfied with her career in working with children, I'm confident she would say yes she loves children she loves working with kids and she's so fucking good at it i think she'd be okay i'm not making that decision for her by any means so nobody please assume that but really i just think about that situation and if we were having this conversation with her i think she'd tell you she'd be okay yeah exactly fulfillment correct so one of the final reasons that i found repeated quite often was but who will take care of you as you grow old. And this is one of my pet peeves because you should never lay that at your children's feet. That should never be an expectation. Agreed. It doesn't matter how old your children are. Just because your children are adults now does not mean that your children should be taking care of you. I know that that's a very natural thing for children to want to do. And I'm not challenging that. I'm not challenging it from the child to parent position i agree with you though from the parent to child position that shit's fucked yeah exactly you don't have children so that they can take care of you someday you have children to make this fucking rock we live on a better place and if you're not having kids to do that don't have them so why are people not having kids i labeled this section but why but why (laughs) because i just pictured people that can't imagine this life asking i would agree (laughs) i would agree money it's expensive as hell to raise a kid a quarter million average not including college (gasps) shut up from birth to to 18 yep oh my god children are so fucking expensive and that's the bare minimum shit that is not dance and karate and all of the fuck their bikes it is none of the fun shit it's just to keep them alive <laughs> yep oh all the add-ons <laughs> the add-ons are so expensive that's where they fucking get you that's where that's why disney is so cool that's why rainbow high dolls are so cool that's why legos are so cool they get you with the fucking add-ons I just realized that children really have DCL packages. Real. Upgrade now. Or DLCs, rather. I don't know what a DCL package is. DLCs. Downloadable content. (laughs) Additional content available if you pay for it. We need all the add-ons. Real. Real. On the topic of money, 
People have their own debt to worry about still. They're overburdened with it, so they truly can't afford to even consider children and the debt that children would add on to their already existing debt. I just can't. I got nothing. I'm still stuck on kids are expensive. I don't, I don't have anything more productive to say right now. The loss of spontaneity and freedom is a huge factor. That is real. That is real. Can I tell you how I dream of the day that I can run to the grocery store for 40 minutes just because I decided, shit, I need to run to the grocery store. I don't have that luxury. If I say, shit, I need to run to the grocery store, somewhere in my house, there's a small voice that says, can we get a car donut? (laughs) And then she's coming with me to the grocery store. Ours is a struggle of whether or not he's going to sit in the cart or push it, which makes it about 30 times longer than it needs to be. Oh my god, real. And the number of times I say don't hit people's ankles. Watch where you're going. Hold on to the cart. If you're not going to hold on to the cart, I will hold on to the cart. Please don't put that in the cart. Don't touch that. No, we're not getting that. No, that's not on the list. No, you told me you didn't want that. Now you want cold lunch. You said you didn't want cold lunch. It's a whole adventure, and I promise it takes more than 40 minutes. Although it is pretty cute, though, when he's pushing the cart and he randomly shouts out because he still can't see over the cart quite yet. He randomly (laughs) shouts out, I'm coming through. Oh, my baby. So good luck, everybody else. (laughs) My favorite is that tiny. I really genuinely love this. She's so friendly at the grocery store to like random shoppers and also like the cashiers and the baggers. Like just the other day, she struck up a conversation with a bagger who was a special needs person. And I don't know what what was going on with this girl, but she was just so nice and so cute. And you could tell that people are like really not great to her in her job. And Tiny was just so excited to learn about this woman and talk to her and become friends with her. And it was just so sweet. And you knew it made this woman's whole entire day. And then it's moments like that where I'm like, "Mm, yes, come to the grocery store with me and let's take three hours for a 40 minute trip because I know that you're going to make the grocery store begging girl so happy. Aw, I'll send Moose with you next time and you can take him down the freezer aisle so he can hold open all the doors for you. But the caveat is that before he lets them go, he has to count to 10. So (laughs) good luck. Awesome. I'm going to borrow your heated gloves for that adventure. And it goes something like one, two, three, four, five, six, ten. (laughs) Every single door. Next door. I'm so glad we have ten more to go. (laughs) Three steps to the right. Let's go. Another point of people that choose to be child-free is that they want to focus on their relationship with their partner, which is super valid. Oh my God, so super valid. I actually was just thinking about this the other day as I was reconsidering what I look for in a partner. And one of the thoughts that I had was, do I really want a partner who already has children? Like, do I want that? I don't have an answer to that right now. And I'm not opposed to partners who have children. I just really don't know like the answer to that question. I don't know if I want to get attached to another kid. So I really appreciate that perspective as well as someone who already does have kids. I think that that's extra important because I do. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that would have been a huge thing had I gotten to know my partner before having a baby with him. Probably could have saved us all a lot 
of a lot. <laughs> a lot of a lot. <laughs> I'm going to say just all of it. I don't know. <laughs> Except Tiny. Like, she's the only good thing that came out of it. I don't know what else to say about it. I just recognize, like, that is such an important piece. And that's not talked about enough about people being child-free, is spending time with your partner and getting to know your partner. And do you even want to have a child with this person? Really, like it comes down to that. One of my favorite things that you said in our infertility episode was that you knew when you were thinking about starting a family with Nick and having a child with Nick that you knew you wanted his baby. I think that's so fucking cool and so fucking beautiful because that was not my experience when I had Tiny. I mean, she was an the best accident that could have ever happened. I just, she wasn't planned. I didn't sit there and look at dude and be like, oh God, I want to have your baby. If those words had come out of my mouth, I probably would have punched myself. And I just really recognized that it's okay to normalize that. We should be normalizing that. Even if that mm -hmm. means that you do want children, we should be normalizing that piece of the equation before you have children. Yeah, definitely. And on the focusing on your relationship with your partner, children are fucking exhausting. Oh my God. I am mentally and emotionally drained on easy days with Moose, and he's a super easy kid. It's just the territory with being responsible for a tiny human being that needs you, period. I don't have a lot to give for any relationships. So this point is valid, 100%. I mean, every point is valid, but... But this one has a little extra zhuzh on it, and I recognize that. I think that it's really important that you said that, and I really appreciate that because I couldn't agree more. Sometimes Tiny's like, can I have a snack? And I'm like, go get whatever the fuck you want because I'm not getting up to get it for you because I just don't want to. Like, it's been a long day. I have worked all day. Like, get yourself a snack. But Moose is two, and that's not an option, so you don't have that luxury yet. But let me tell you, the first time I told her to get a snack for herself, and she did, I cried tears of joy. It was a new chapter in our lives. I mean, he can open the fridge and the freezer, but I'm terrified with what he's going to come back with, so. <laughs> Three popsicles and some raisins? Probably, or like frozen chicken. <laughs> Real? Tiny learned how to use the microwave, and it still geeks me out when I see her doing it. I didn't even teach her how to do this. I don't even know where she learned how to use the microwave. That, or she's just a fucking genius. So that's probably real. But I, like, looked over the other day. She was like, can I have a snack? And I was like, sure. Go in your snack cabinet. So she is fucking around in the snack cabinet. And a few seconds later, she's, like, pulling out a table, and she's climbing up to the fucking microwave. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I just want to heat up this Pop-Tart. And I'm like, in the microwave? what and she's like yeah and i was like okay but take it out of the tinfoil <laughs> oh my god that's my parenting <laughs> that is amazing though so another point is that they don't have the air quotes mythical void that people that don't have kids supposedly have that is supposed to be filled filled with naps and shopping sprees and getting your nails done and mimosas. I'm just saying that void for some people looks very different than it does for others. God, I just realized that I definitely have a nap void. <laughs> I love my nap void. And they love their life the way it is. Period. Period. And why would you want to change that? Why would you try and take that from anybody? Childless or child with? If they're happy with their life, why would you try and take that from someone? That's so fucking selfish. Yeah, definitely. And 
really no one owes anyone an explanation of why they love their life the way it is and why they don't need to change it. Just accept it. Here's the thing that blows my fucking mind. I'm just gonna say this. Why would anybody ask the question about anybody else having children? Because really, it's none of your business, but I'm gonna take it one step farther. It's none of your business, and even if I have this kid, you're not gonna be the one to take care of it. So why are you fucking asking me? Dear lady at the nail salon, please stop asking me when I'm gonna have more children. You aren't responsible for any of them. Please stop encouraging me to reproduce. It's fucking weird. I just really think that that's valid for everybody who asks. You're not going mm -hmm. to take care of this kid. You are not gonna be up with this baby at three in the morning when she has a fever and she's throwing up. You are not gonna be the one to change the diapers and do the emergency room runs. You are not gonna be that person who fights away the monsters in the middle of the night. Stop asking people when they're having children unless you are going to step up to be that person that's how i feel about that also there's more to people than procreation real that's also part of it thank you for just really putting me back on track because the question as a whole pisses me off and i recognize you're right part of it is like just let people live their fucking lives but also what they're doing with their bodies and their vaginas and their dicks and what comes out of them or does not come out of them is none of your fucking business. Keep that in mind. Exactly. So I left this one for last because it applies to me specifically. Ready. So they don't have a maternal slash paternal drive. They didn't have a drive to be a mother or father. And I didn't have that throughout my life. I'm not going to super deep dive into our story here, but I will sum it up for our listeners. My husband is the one who had his paternal switch flip, I guess you could say. I had always seen us as child-free, although we would had discussed names and potential for having children in the past, but never in a uh, like full capacity to where it seemed like it was going to be a thing for sure. So it was a very heavy moment for me that came with a lot of soul searching as to what my roadblocks were and things I had to uh, sort through in my mind. And I realized that I loved the idea of a family and that it wasn't something that I was going to be doing alone, which was uh, honestly one of the roadblocks I didn't even realize was in my head and shouldn't have been there for any reason whatsoever, but just existed. So, uh, obviously, we have Moose now. Ba -ba -da -bum! So, that's how that story ended. <laughs> and he's the handsomest little prince ever. He is by far the best thing I have done in my life. He's the coolest kid ever. But I never had that maternal drive to be a mom, ever. When I got pregnant, I was super excited. Like, I had a connection with him while pregnant with him, most definitely. But, like, up until that point, no. I didn't have that feeling that people had. You could hand me a baby and I'd be like, what? What do I do with this? Please, somebody help me. I know. I know that's true about you. I've seen you do it. I think you may have even done it to me once or twice. But I definitely think I am a great mom to Moose and he is a great kid and Nick is an amazing dad and I'm so grateful that our story ended the way it did but it doesn't negate 
anybody's story that is still child-free by choice and it doesn't invalidate them and it doesn't make these questions or comments any less invasive and rude yeah yeah invasive and rude are really the only two words that can describe questions like this even if they're well-intended questions even if you're not being an asshole when you ask the question the fact that the words come out of your mouth instantly make you an asshole even if I don't recognize you as that in that second, you definitely are because my reproductive system and, again, my reproductive produce has nothing to do with you. So just don't ask me. Don't ask anybody. Like, mind your business. I also want to say super fast, you are the best mom. Nick is an amazing dad and Moose is my favorite little boy on the whole planet. And I am so glad that you guys decided together to move forward with your family because you guys are my family and I think you're absolutely perfect, all three of you. And I appreciate that your story ended the way that it did because that means that I got a nephew out of it and I'm really selfish and I love that. However, I would have loved you and Nick as just you and Nick, right? I would have, I would have supported you and loved you no matter what, but as a small side thing because now we're here i'm really glad that you had moose because i really love him yeah me too i mean he's amazing (laughs) he is can i ask you though can i like seriously we've never talked about this before but can i ask you when you were in that place of even before you had been questioning do we have children or not like because i knew you for a while before we were in that place of right is is that a real thing Did I ever make you feel like I expected you to have kids? And I know that we've talked about it before. I I knew you'd be a great mom. I knew that instinctively. I knew you would be the mom that you are now. But I don't know. I'm really asking you, especially because I was a different person at the time when we met and when those conversations would have happened. Did I ever make you feel uncomfortable about choosing to be childless? Oh, no. Okay, cool. I didn't think so, but I wanted to ask because that's not something I ever would have thought to have asked. But still, as my best friend and as being one of the only people I know who I have personally experienced and was consciously aware of the fact that you were choosing to be childless, I really just wanted to make sure that I was at the time like sensitive to that in whatever capacity 23-year-old, 24-year-old Celeste could have been cognizant of that so i just i appreciate you confirming that for me yeah and i'm definitely grateful for that yeah so are childless couples happier this is from todateforlove.com again many people falsely believe that childlessness and depression go hand in hand first off okay why (laughs) why do they believe that people are idiots that's why but a study conducted by researchers from the open university found that couples who are kid-free have a happier marriage that's such bullshit that they have a happier marriage yeah who can really say that who can really say that that's so subjective well here i'll read this to you the researchers evaluated 5,000 individuals of various different ages statuses and sexual orientations claiming that childless individuals feel more valued by their significant others if they are kid-free The co-author of the report, Dr. Jaquie Gab, commented on the results of the study by saying that without the pressures of parenting, couples put more energy into keeping their relationship alive and booming. So I think what that study is saying is that child-free couples can sometimes be happier than couples with children in the aspect of having 
more energy to put into their relationship. Okay, so yes, I understand what you're saying. I recognize the value of the context that's here, that couples who have more time to spend on couple things rather than on parenting things have more fulfilling couple relationships. I did not in any way understand that that was what the study was up front, given not what you said, but given the way that the study presented it without looking at it, that was lost on me. So that was the piece that I said was bullshit and subjective because how could couples know that? If you've never been a parent, how would you know if that was a more fulfilling relationship with your partner? Like that's what I interpreted what you said as. Yeah, I get what you mean. So that was pretty much all I had. I have a quote that I would like to read, but that's it. Okay, let's hear your quote. So this is from D.H. Lawrence, the, I believe, English writer. That she bear children is not a woman's significance, but that she bear herself, that is her supreme and risky fate. I love that quote. With or without children, I love that quote. Definitely. Can I ask you, if you didn't have moose, what would you be doing with your child-free night right now? Probably editing senior photos or playing WoW. I miss playing WoW with you. That's fair. Oh my god, you really did. You used to play so much WoW before you had Moose. Oh my god, I can't even believe. I I remember that now. Like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, sorry. What would you be doing? Um, if I didn't have Tiny right now, I probably would be working on homework or I'd be bartending somewhere. I really miss bartending just for the sake of the social aspect of it more than anything. Um, and it's like stupid fun or shit. I'd be fucking sleeping already. I would be in bed already. I would be, I'm an old lady. I'd be in bed. I would never ever give up moose for anything that I'm missing, but sometimes I miss the things I'm missing. I agree with that. Sometimes I miss the things I'm missing. But again, to your point, I would never trade tiny. There's never anything that I'm missing that ever would outweigh the joy and the fulfillment that I personally as her mother get from her. And that's also not part of the deal that everybody talks about. Sometimes you and your kid don't get along. Sometimes Mm -hmm. becoming a parent is that much harder because your child just doesn't speak your language or your child rebels against you or you push your kid to rebel. Like there's so many things that could come into that. And sometimes being a parent is hard for the simple fact that your child is a dick and that's real. Like that's real too. So I really recognize like that's another facet of choosing to be childless that people don't consider. What if you don't like your kid? I'm not saying don't love your kid because I, I truly do believe that it's inherent for people to love their children. I do believe that. And for like the crazy psychos who out there who are like, okay, well, Casey Anthony, Casey Anthony, and those like her don't fucking count. And that's not what I'm talking about. Die in hell, all those people. But normal people, I recognize. I think that everybody loves their children, but not everybody likes their children. You and I are very, very fortunate to both like and love our children because we have fucking awesome kids. I mean, shout out to us, small humble brag. That's totally us, and I love that. But also, 
I recognize that that's an added complication that not everybody's ready to deal with. Some people go into being a parent thinking that they're going to have their little best friend. They're going to have the little jock to throw the football with or the little cheerleader who's going to accomplish the pyramid by the time she's 12. Like that is what people go into it thinking sometimes. And that's not the result. And maybe people want to avoid that risk. The risk of not unconditionally liking and loving their kid. Because I can't imagine what that would do to my psyche. I can't imagine me, the feeler in this equation, what that would do to me if I didn't like Tiny. That would destroy me every day. Mm -hmm. Every time I looked at her face, her sweet face, that would just kill me on the inside. And then, honestly, again, like this is purely hypothetical, if that were the situation, I probably would rather just not have had children if that were the situation. Because I don't, I don't even like dealing with people I don't like who I'm not the mother of. I just recognize that that's something that people probably think about too. Yeah, definitely. I'm proud of myself for that one. That one came out of left field and I didn't do any of this research. <laughs> you did excellent on the research though. I loved it. Sorry, I lost my sock. Damn sock. So, what did you learn here today? Oh my God. I learned so much. I think really the thing that I learned here <laughs> is that I have an answer for people who are questioning about when other people are having children, even though I have children. <laughs> I feel very defensive of non-parents by choice. I really do. I feel very defensive of those people and the choices that they make because they have a right to make that decision. And also, you don't know what struggles people are having. Maybe that childless by choice stems from serious infertility issues or serious genetic problems that are incredibly hereditary in, in your family. Maybe those choices to not become a parent are so much bigger and more severe than you could possibly imagine and you're literally just bringing up a trigger for someone or it's as simple as they just don't fucking want kids and that's okay i can honestly say i've never really been of the position of it's okay that you don't want kids but i've also never been in the position of everyone must have kids i've mm -hmm. really never cared before until i met you and you taught me about choosing to be childless. And it was very weird and very hard for me at first as I was like several years younger than you and had a baby. And I was like, what do you mean this wasn't required? What do you mean this didn't have to be the option that I chose? Like, what do you mean? Like, that was very new for me and very weird for me. And every time we would talk about kids and you'd get into it, I'd be like, oh, yay, she's having like a baby moment. And then you'd be like, fuck babies. And I'd be like, oh, nope. She's done with the baby moment. Now we're done with this. We can move on. Let's talk about something else. And I just really appreciated that. You are the one who taught me not to expect people to always be interested in procreating. And I really appreciate you for that. So I don't know if I learned that from this episode, but I definitely learned that from you. I'm just imagining me consciously like trying to duplicate another sarcastic version of myself into the world. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Thank God Moose turned into this just this giant clown. He is literally the polar opposite of both Nick and myself, so he's fantastic. He is the little ray of sunshine. 
Tiny actually said, I forget what she said, but she said something yesterday and it was so sarcastic. And I looked at her and I was like, that was the most sarcastic thing you've ever said to me. And she goes, I know. Auntie Allie taught me well. And I was like, bitch, I'm sarcastic. What are you talking about? Why don't I get credit? And she was like, no, Auntie Allie. <laughs> it's like, go away. Nice. Get away from me. <laughs> what did you learn here today, my love? All those statistics really just kind of blew my mind. So all of those, really. All this. Yeah. So shout out to any listeners that are child-free by choice. I hope that this episode helped validate you in some way, shape, or form and gave you some fuel for any fire for comebacks for any assholes that are asking stupid questions or making stupid comments. And if this episode didn't do it, you are certainly welcome to reach out to us, and I am happy to give you some more. Really, I think any comment back should be, why are you so concerned with what goes on between my legs, Karen, as loud as humanly possible? (laughs) Why are you worried about my vagina, Karen? I'm here for it. I'll fucking join you. I will literally, if I hear that in the grocery store, I will walk up beside you. I will stand there and I will join in that chorus. I will scream that from the top of my fucking lungs with pride. I got you. So on that comment of if you would like to reach out to us for some more passive aggressive comments to say at Karen's who are incredibly worried about your reproductive system, you may reach us at Taboos the Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are taboosthepod.com. Uh, that's our new website. And it's fucking beautiful. And I'm super obsessed with it. And Allie did an incredible job. So if you like it, you should also tell Allie because she's amazing. We are Taboos on Facebook. We officially got rid of our page. So we are just a group. Whoop, whoop. We have an email if you'd like to reach out to us with any of your Taboos topics. That is taboospodcast at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon. If you'd like to help us keep the lights on, you can visit our Patreon page. All of that is available on our podcast website page. Check that out. Go find it. Again, that's the thing that Allie made that's beautiful. As a small recap, starting May 9th, we will be beginning the giveaway Please download some episodes, send the screenshots to us so that we have proof and then your name's in the hat. The name drawn from the hat will receive a special box of assorted beverages from Allie and I from the state of Wisconsin. If you don't live here, it's a real treat. The beer's fantastic. In the event that you are not a drinker, we will send you some coffee or cheese curds or cheese whips or cheese or cheese or cheese. Cheese. Or foamed hats shaped like cheese, because we have those too. But anything that's really like a Wisconsin treat, we will send you (laughs) as part of the giveaway. So please don't hesitate to jump in on that, because I have some really fantastic ideas for both beer and non-beer, non-cheese related items. So this giveaway is going to be really fucking awesome. And we highly encourage you to participate because what would possibly be better than free fucking beer from your favorite podcasters? I kind of want to enter this giveaway. Do it. (laughs) Okay. So thank you everybody so much for joining us today. We love you. We appreciate you. And we cannot wait to catch you next week as our Girls Just Want to Have Fun series continues. I really can't wait for you to see what's coming. And on that note, do you be taboos. Thank you.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.